And now, a Blaze Media podcast. Hello. How are you? Coming this week to Charlotte, North Carolina, the South End, is something that needs to happen in every city across America. The Krispy Kreme location is going to offer the first ever donut vending machine. I know. (laughs) I know. It's going to dispense three packs of the chain's signature donuts at all hours of the day or night. Now, they're also going to start uh, having new menu items, including ice cream sandwiches made with sliced donuts instead of cookies, and hand-spun milkshakes with donut-infused ice cream. Yes, please. Now, they also have a new location for Insomnia Cookies, which is a cookie chain owned by the parent company of Krispy Kreme, opening right next door, just in case, you know, the donuts and the milkshake donuts and the ice cream sandwich donut ice cream wasn't enough, you can go next door to the Insomnia Cookies company. But those cookies cannot be as good as Scrumptious Cookies, I'll tell you that. Go to scrumptiouscookie.com for more information on those Scrumptious Cookies. But, you know, it's worth a shot if you want to go to Insomnia and say, not as good as Scrumptious, why don't you have those? However, I love the idea of the donut vending machine. If they're, you know, fresh donuts milkshakes. There's no in-house serving anyway. And since it's a grand opening, of course, you get uh, 120 customers are going to get the celebration dozen tickets. So you can uh, redeem a free dozen donuts once a month for a year. So you get 12, you know, free dozen donuts from them. It's awful nice. But the donut vending machine, fresh donuts, 24, seven, three packs, Yes, please. Welcome to Chewing the Fat. That's right. Welcome to Chewing the Fat. How in the world are you? Happy Monday. I hope you had a great weekend. I, oh man, did I. It was whew, huge. I had this uh, sent to me. My wife found it and I thought... This is kind of strange, but it makes a little bit of a sense. A little bit of a sense? Yeah, a little bit of sense. Ancestral mathematics. In order to be born, you needed two parents, four grandparents, eight great-grandparents, 16 second-great-grandparents, 32 third-great-grandparents, 64 fourth-great-grandparents, 128 fifth great-grandparents, 256 sixth-great-grandparents, 512 seventh-great-grandparents, 1,024 eighth-great-grandparents, 2,048 ninth-great-grandparents. For you to be born today from 12 previous generations, you needed a total of 4,094 ancestors over the last 400 years. Think for a moment, how many struggles, how many battles, how many difficulties, how much sadness, how much happiness, how many love stories, how many expressions of hope for the future did your ancestors have to undergo for you to exist in this present moment? Just think for a second. 
Now, for me, the total is 18. You know that already. So I'm not going to do the math for you. And when you email me at chewingthefatattheblaze.com and say, that's not right, idiot. Uh, just know that I already know that it's probably not going to be right. But it sounds good. And so just go with it, okay? Even if the numbers aren't right, how many struggles, how many battles, how many difficulties, how much sadness, how much happiness, how many love stories, how many expressions of hope for the future. I mean, that's a lot. Even if the country was built on, you know, the bones of our predecessors. Still got to be, you know, put a smile on your face, even if it's behind a mask. So we talked about it a little bit on Friday and uh, the storms are still a coming. Uh, Marco probably making landfall already along the Louisiana coast. And it's going to take a turn to the West, which is weird, uh, because most, you know, all the storms want to curve to the right. That's what they want to do. I'm not real sure what Marco is thinking, but it's going to make a, a curve to the, to the West. Now, the way they have the, you know, the cone of death now is it make landfall and it, curves almost a hard left which is really kind of weird because the original i mean they keep changing and obviously you know you have to go with what the experts and it depends on you know wind and rain and all the weather stuff you can quote me on that all the weather stuff but uh now you know as it gets closer they have a better idea of what it's going to do and it's going to make you know that hard left which you know it's, uh, there's going to be some flooding along that Texas coast and Houston could be back underwater again. Easy. Thanks to Marco. And then we have Laura coming up behind Marco, just coming up right behind Marco. Uh, Laura's going to make landfall and right about the same neck of the woods and come up through, you know, Louisiana and Texas and start curving right like they all want to do, but a little bit farther inland uh, on the southern coast of Louisiana and Texas as it makes its turn right and head into the country. So we could see a lot of flooding, a lot of wind damage if you're in that area. Um, you know, just be careful. Just be careful and keep your head up and pay attention to where the storm is. I, I uh, you know, I've been through them. They're not fun. But Laura's strength looks like Laura is strengthening to uh, probably category two um, by the time it makes landfall. We'll see. Good, you know, by the get out in that warm water of the Gulf, you start picking up steam. She might even make it to a three. Marco is going to be, you know, a one, and you know, so ah ah a one. Pfft. Little wind, little rain. Don't worry about it. But then Laura right behind it. <laughs> Okay. Originally, it looked like when I was first looking at the two cones of death, I thought that, well, A, I mean, they could just merge and become Superstorm. And all the experts, no, that's not going to happen. Okay. All right. I know it's just a, you know, 2020 wishful thinking. And then uh, it looked as though Marco was sucking some of the energy from Laura. And so it was going to get stronger and Laura was going to get weaker. But of course the female wins in the end. And, uh, Marco just kind of, eh, plugging along as a, as a one. And it's going to make a, you know, a hard left, huh? And Laura is just going to keep 
you know, getting stronger and make some landfall. And then, you know what? Screw you, Marco. I'm turning to the right like I'm supposed to do. Okay? Following the rules. So, you know, there are elections going on uh, around the world and uh, around this country that aren't President Trump and Joe Biden. Or it's Joe Biden versus President Trump. And uh, like uh, the guy going up against Vladimir Putin. Uh, yeah, he was poisoned. Hey, I know. Don't worry about it. I'm sure it was a mistake. Uh, he was, he drank a cup of tea at an airport waiting to get on a flight. And then, you know, then he got sick and cried out in pain and was taken into a hospital where he was in a coma. <laughs> it was not funny at all. I mean, this is what, this is other countries elections. And the guy's getting poisoned. Now, it's reported he's going to be okay, you know, from the poison. Now, it could be, you know, there could be an accidental bullet show up. You don't know that. Sure, they knew he was going to stop for a cup of tea. Sure, the manager at the cafe said the staff member who served the opposition leader could not be found now. <laughs> I bet the staff member was served some tea as well or had an accidental bullet show up. But they claim the man is going to be fine. And, uh, you know, he's going to be, it's going to be a struggle to get back to what is considered normal several months. So I don't know what happens to his uh, political career. He won't be able to get out and run around and do what he was doing. And you never know, uh, you know, (laughs) even being on a, on a ventilator at the hospital and they claim he's going to be okay now, but it's going to be again, you know, several months of uh, rehab. He was, uh, they're saying is one of the suggestions of how he got sick of that he had been poisoned. Oh, oh, okay. So he was in some detention center, I guess, a year ago and fell ill. And then he, they said that he was uh, saying that he was poisoned there as well. So he was in a detention center and he's up against the, uh, you know, he's fighting against government corruption. <laughs> so good luck. God bless to him and the people uh, backing him. So he got skits on the plane, gets sick gets taken to the hospital. They don't know what's going to happen. I would venture to say that along with this possible poisoning, you might be careful. There might be some lead poisoning going on. Exactly. Something just like that. And then we go to South Carolina where a democratic uh, mayoral candidate running in South Carolina, Sabrina Belcher, running in Sumter County, she has admitted to planning her kidnapping and beating in order to gain publicity and sympathy votes in the November election. Oh, isn't that special? Yeah, that would get my vote. She's running against five other people. She filmed herself being kidnapped, beaten up, and robbed in a Facebook Live video. (laughs) <laughs> which she orchestrated. 
That's awesome. Not really. <laughs> Not really. <laughs> she claimed to have been kidnapped. She told police she was assaulted by an unknown man during an attempted robbery. The unknown man broke her car windows and they staged it all. They staged it all so she could get sympathy votes in the election. The man, Christopher James Eddy, E-A-D-D-Y, was also charged with conspiracy in the case, according to the Sumter Police Department. This was simply an effort to create disorder and discontent in our community for personal gain, said Police Chief Russell Rourke. That's right. As a result, a valuable number of resources, including personnel, man hours of the police department, as well as local medical professionals, were wasted based on, based on false information. She's running against five other candidates, and she hasn't dropped out yet. So maybe this might have worked. We have to keep an eye on Sumner County, see if our, <laughs> if our girl Sabrina Belcher makes it. If it does, then it worked. And she'll get right out of those mayoral duties after she serves a little bit of time. And then, yay! Yay! It's the RNC convention! Yay! Oh, just when you thought you were through with the whole convention debacle from last week with the DNC. Yes, we get to sit through it again this week. Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. Whack, whack. I mean, that at least gives us Thursday and Friday to take a little bit of a break, right? Right. Um, Monday, today, <laughs> you have the Land of Promise theme. Tomorrow, you have the Land of Opportunity theme. Wednesday, you have the Land of Heroes theme. And then, oh my gosh, it is Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday? Oh, no. Oh, no. I was just looking at the story, and I thought for sure we had we had only only three days, and it's four. Oh, my gosh. And four, Thursday is the Land of Greatness theme. And what threw me... <laughs> when I was looking at this, I think, Wednesday. All right, that's the last day, Land of Heroes. And it's the Vice President Mike Pence is speaking. I'm thinking, well, he's not going to be the last day. Then I scroll down. Oh, no. It's Thursday there, too. So it's Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. I mean, yay! Yay! It's four whole days. Yay! And, you know, we're going to have all kinds of people speaking. We're going to have our girl, Kimberly Clasic, who you can, you know, I, I interviewed her on uh, this podcast, Chewing the Fat. I interviewed her on my YouTube channel, Chewing the Fat. You can go back and listen and watch on the YouTube channel, or you can... Just listen on the podcast. Uh, good to have her speak from Baltimore. Uh, the McCloskeys from St. Louis. Uh, they're going to have uh, Nick Sandman talk. Abby Johnson, the former Planned Parenthood employee, who is now, I mean, she's awesome. Uh, there's going to be a Montana coffee shop owner whose business and employees were saved by the Federal Virus Relief Paycheck Program. You know, look, there's going to be all kinds of stories to be told, and it's going to be a. I'm, I'm really, I'm really, the only thing I want to see, and we'll know on Monday how they're going to handle the production of it. And if it's anything, I, and I, I said last week, I don't know, they haven't paid me any money 
to come up with any ideas. So I haven't given it a lot of thought. I just know that the way the Democrats did it didn't seem to really work. It felt, I think they've, you know, on, on paper and when you're talking about it, it sounds like it's going to be good. And it sounds like, yeah, that's, that's going to work. And we'll come in and out of the, we'll come in and out of the packages and, you know, we'll be fine. But in actual, as you implement all of it, it just didn't seem to work. And the jokes laid flat. And now we, now we've got the conspiracy theories, right? Of Joe Biden was supposed to be live on his 20 some odd minute speech the other night. Now they're saying it was not live. Uh, and they're saying, uh, I saw a big interview piece that it wasn't live. He was wearing a different lapel pin or no lapel pin. He was wearing a watch and wasn't wearing a watch. And they showed him walking, right? I remember they showed him walking from the speech room. And I was thinking at the time, I remember thinking, well, I mean, okay, that's great. Look at him walk. Let's go. We're going to go outside for the fireworks and stuff. But when you get outside to the parking lot, why not just speak there? in front of a live audience and get the reaction from the audience. I mean, maybe they weren't sure that the audience would be that welcoming to Joe since there were some negative uh, feedback around the area, I I guess. And it seemed like it was live at the time, but now I got to go back and watch the whole thing and I don't want to. I don't want to. So let's just pretend it was live. All right, let's just pretend it was live. And it was the same speech that he used a number of years ago. It's just incredible. It's just incredible, this guy. Just incredible. So this week's going to be wonderful from the RNC. I said that, right? Yeah, yeah, that's what I meant. It's going to be wonderful. And then we have, you know, we have uh, Trump getting flagged. Another tweet getting flagged over the weekend. I mean, good for him. Good for him. I mean, Twitter safety. Made sure that we placed a public interest notice on this tweet for violating our civic integrity policy for making misleading health claims that could potentially dissuade people from participation in voting. Okay. Thanks, Jack. So his tweet is, so now the Democrats are using mail drop boxes, which are a voter security disaster. Among other things, they make it possible for a person to vote multiple times. Also, who controls them? Are they placed in Republican or Democrat areas? They are not COVID sanitized. A big fraud. <laughs> and we just over seriously. That's like tagging Babylon B by accident. I mean, okay, thank you. And you know, I don't want to get you know too in depth in the post office. But just know that I know Congress came back and voted to give them their extra money to make everything better. I don't know why Don, I'm sorry, President Trump doesn't just give them the money. He wants a big fight over it, calling it a fraud. He's just feeding into this election debacle that it's going to be anyway. So just make them happy. It's never going to be enough. I guess he knows that. So just he's willing to put up the fight. But if he does what they ask, then he can at least go back and say, look, you asked for this. I gave it to you. Now what? But I don't know. Then there was the, oh my gosh, then there was the Rose Garden debacle. This weekend, I see where Melania, you know, they're getting the Rose Garden ready for the uh, 
for the convention. And so she redid the entire Rose Garden. Took a beating, a beating over the weekend for getting rid of the Jackie Kennedy monument of the Rose Garden, the monumental, beautiful Rose Garden of of Jackie Kennedy. Wow. It was uh, just a beating. So that will continue because many of these speeches are going to be made at the Rose Garden every night during the RNC, in particular hers. Now I looked at the, and and fortunately, unlike the DNC, you know, for sure Trump is going to speak it every, every night, right? There's no way he lets this convention go on without him being live somewhere every night. I mean, Thursday is his night, right? But Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday, no way he goes, just lets it happen without him being there. Sorry, just not going to happen. But the beating on the Rose Garden, and I will say, it does represent her. It does represent Trump. It looks like what they like to have things look like. But it, I, I think I liked it better the old way. I think I did. Now they took down all the cherry blossoms and they took down, you know, the roses and it's all straight and, you know, plain. And, you know, it looks like the Trumps, the way they like things. Now, if they moved all that stuff, I hope, I hope, I hope that they moved all this stuff to, a, you know, a kid's playground. And they took the cherry blossoms, the rose and they moved them to a kid's playground that they call Jackie-O Playground or, you know, Camelot. And that's where the kids could go and play instead of just destroying it. I hope, I hope that's what happened. (laughs) It was all bulldozed. All right, let's go over to the break room. I need something cold to drink. Oh, man. Like a, you know, some kind of soda or water. Oh, my gosh. So good. Okay. So here's, as long as we're in the break room, let me, let me ask you this question. You're listening to the show right now. Are you a subscriber to this program? If the answer is no, look, I could be angry with you. A lot of people uh, surrounding this show will be angry with you and they'll want to riot and throw things around. And I'm saying, no, no, don't do that. Let people make their own choice and subscribe on their own. So choose a platform that you prefer that will warm the little cockles of your heart and then subscribe to Chewing the Fat. It could be Spotify. It could be iTunes. It could be iHeartRadio. It could be Stitcher. There's plenty more that you can choose from. Again, whichever one warms the cockles of your heart. If you don't have a platform that warms your cockles, then you have you know Spotify and or iTunes are the top two. And just... Use those, one of those, and subscribe to Chewing the Fat. And now you're good. 
And now you're good. Now, sure, you can rate and review it and give it 20 stars and call it the best podcast ever and tell your friends and pass it along. And you can do all that kind of stuff. But most importantly, subscribe to Chewing the Fat. Sure, you can subscribe to the YouTube channel as well and click the little notification bell so you get notified when the new videos post. Sure, you can do that. Sure, you can follow me on Twitter at JeffyJFR, on Facebook, Instagram, Parlor, Jeff Fisher Radio. Sure, you can do all of that. But most importantly, subscribe to Chewing the Fat Podcast. I mean, sure, you can uh, get a membership to Blaze TV and make sure that they are not silencing voices. Sure, you can become a subscriber and a member to Blaze TV. Go to blazetv.com slash Jeffy, J-E-F-F-Y. And you can use the promo code Jeffy. It'll get you a discount. You can see on that page, blaze.com. No, it's not It's not blaze.com. What am I talking about? It's blazetv.com slash Jeffy, J-E-F-F-Y. Duh. Sure, you could do that. That's my point. My point is you could do that. You could go to blazetv.com slash Jeffy. And you could use the promo code Jeffy to save you some money by becoming a subscriber and a member of Blaze TV and making sure that voices stay alive instead of just going off into the ether. You could do that. But most importantly, that's my point, most importantly, is to subscribe to Chewing the Fat. Did you see where the cute little panda was born? I know, at the Smithsonian National Zoo. Oh my gosh. The giant panda cub gave birth in Washington, D.C. Now, the mom, uh, the mom whose name is Mace Yang. She, uh, that's her fourth baby. Now, uh, M E I. X-I-A-N-G. Mace Yang. Loves her little baby. And they were, we had a little camera on them. We got mom and baby. And the baby is just so darn cute. And it's just what we needed, according to this story. Uh, that we needed this wiggling little cub uh, during the global pandemic and social unrest. <laughs> now, apparently, um, Mace Yang is 22. They didn't have uh, great hope that she would give birth to a cub again. She hung tough. Now, she's not the oldest to give birth. China had one at the age of 23. But... Mace Yang. Hung in there and did it at 22. Congratulations. Now, the other three offspring, they got shipped back to China. How'd you like to be that baby? So this baby is... Gonna get shipped back too. We've got some deal with China. Whenever our giant pandas like Mace Yang gives birth, then we ship them back to China. Okay. <laughs> okay. You saw it was about the size of a stick of butter, a little pink thing and hairless. You can make your own jokes with that. The giant panda babies about the size of a stick of butter. They're pink and hairless. And another thing that really stinks is that Mace Yang didn't even get to have a little panda business. They artificially inseminated her. Bummer. If you're 22, a giant panda living in a zoo 
And your name is? Mace Yang. And you don't even get to have a little panda business going on? Man, that really stinks. And get this. It was, this is the first successful procedure of its kind in the U.S. using only frozen sperm. They impregnated her during the pandemic and the procedure was conducted shortly after the zoo was shut down on March 14th. Oh, it doesn't take that long. I mean, pandas are given birth in the time of our lockdown. We haven't been locked down very long. Quit your whining. Quit your whining. It's only in time for a panda to be inseminated and create a baby and then give birth to it. That's it, though. That's it. So we've got pandemic panda. Isn't that cute, though? Yes, that's just what we needed. It is. Okay, so can you quit your whining, please? Netflix apologized, okay? They said that they're deeply sorry for the inappropriate artwork that they used for cuties. It wasn't okay, nor was it representative of the French film which premiered at Sundance. We've now updated the pictures and the description. Okay? So quit your whining. So cuties, premiering on September 9th on Netflix. The artwork for cuties that Netflix had up, people were not happy about. It was little 11-year-old girls twerking and dancing. Now, the, the artwork is just 11-year-old girls in cheerleader twerky outfits. But that's not good enough. That is not good enough. It was largely well-received French language pick won the World Cinematic Dramatic Directing Award at Sundance this year. It follows Amy, an 11-year-old girl who joins a group of dancers named the Cuties at a school and rapidly grows aware of her burgundy femininity, upsetting her mother and her values. The film is rated 82% fresh on Rotten Tomatoes and critics generally praised it for its handling of sensitive topics, but not the picture. The artwork that Netflix did. <laughs> it sexualizes children. It's disgusting. Then don't watch it. And Shay looked different than the than the French picture for the for the show. Okay. And they changed it. They're done. They're still gonna they're still gonna have the show on. Just this world is just incredible to me. You don't like something. Don't watch it. Quit. Don't buy it. Amazon, speaking of, you know, what kind of world we live in, you know what kind of world we live in. But Amazon has pulled the the uh, great shirt from their from their lineup. You can't buy Joe and the Ho vote no 2020 anymore. <laughs> I know. I know. So apparently it's offensive. Okay. And it's offensive. Don't buy it. <laughs> our, all sellers must follow our selling guidelines and those who do not will be subject to action including potential removal of their account. Okay. All right. Fine. Give me a break. It's a t-shirt. I mean, what now, what if I just say Joe and the hoe? And I don't add vote no 2020. I mean, that's just me. It could be could be my 
could be my brother Joe and his wife. It could be my cousin Joe and his wife. Or it could be my cousin Ho and her husband. Or my cousin Ho and his husband or wife. Why am I being, I mean, I'm sorry. I just I didn't mean it that way. I mean, Joe and the, Joe and the Ho. Vote no 2020. <laughs> I want one. I think I want one, but we can't do it because there's backlash. We can't. It doesn't say vote on Wednesday. It says vote no. I get to say that. What if I say Joe and the Ho vote yes 2020? Joe and the Ho, it's the right price to pay 2020. Are you going to let that one go? Amazon, is that one good? <laughs> oh no 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 you cannot let that happen i will not have joe and the ho vote no 2020 available for sale on amazon i won't have it You can still get Chewing the Fat merchandise. Shop.blazemedia.com And if you want to go to specifically to the Chewing the Fat merchandise, you can shop.blazemedia.com slash Jeffy. Get the Chewing the Fat with Jeff Fisher t-shirt, Chewing the Fat with Jeff Fisher mug. We need some more Chewing the Fat stuff. Maybe we, you know, fat in the hoe. Vote no. <laughs> Joe and Fat, vote no, 2020. Although I say vote yes. So Jeffy and Joe, 2020. Should have been Jeffy and Joe, not Joe and the Ho. Ooh, I like that one. <laughs> we should have, we should have when CTF Records News happens. That definitely should be one. But right now you can still get the two. And there's other merchandise as well if you just go to shop.blazemedia.com. Okay, so this number is bound to go down this year, right? I mean, they're, they're, this number is not going to stay close. According to this story, travelers lost more than $900,000 at the U.S. airport checkpoints last year. That's cash, cash money. I'm not talking about computers. I'm not talking about any of that other stuff. Jewelry. I'm talking about dollars. Dollars. And they lost about $19,000 in foreign currency. That is incredible. The TSA report said travelers lost $926,000 at 75 airports in the year that ended in September. And think of what it would have been. It just think what it would have been. Oh, oh my gosh! Without the pandemic, so the largest sums that were lost were at airports New York, San Francisco, Miami, Las Vegas, Dallas. According to this story, that the story originates from Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh International Airport travelers only parted with $5,000. The TSA 
suggests, and this is probably, you know, giving you helpful ideas how not to lose cash, suggests putting cash into carry-on bags and reminds travelers who have lost money that they can contact the TSA lost and found office at the airport. Oh, really? Can that happen? So let's say, for instance, I put it in my in my carry-on bag. Then I get asked, hey, um, why do you have all this cash in your carry-on bag? I'm just taking it with me. And then they, they take it. Now we hear stories about that all the time. And if I call the TSA, I'm going to start, I'm going to call the TSA Lost and Found. This is a new play. We should do this. We should do this. Uh, call this on the air. We should call the TSA Lost and Found office at, we could call DFW. We'll call the, so, so that's our local airport and say, excuse me, I lost $20,000 yesterday going through the checkpoint. I was there. I mean, you're going to have to go through the checkpoint, right? So the next time you go through the airport, because they're going to, they're going to, they're going to look back at the video footage and they're going to see you going through the checkout line. So the next time you go to the airport, we got to get this right. We got to get it right. If you're going to get free money, you got to get it right for lost from lost and found. So you go next time you go to the airport, you go through the, go through the TSA, you get through there, you do your thing. Just remember that when you're to the other side, like when you're, when you're on this side of the, of the scanners, you take out all the stuff, make sure you, you know, you really look like you're emptying your pockets really good. Cause most of the time, if you don't have anything, you just pat them, you check them and you go, yeah, I'm, good, I'm, good. I'm coming through. So you just make, make sure you put your hands deep in your pockets and pull your hands out, throw your stuff in the, in the little plastic box with your shoes, push it forward, go on through. And then when you get to the other side, then don't look at the plastic box. Just take your shoes out, toss the box down or don't even touch it again so that the TSA guy has to get it out of the way. Instead of being nice, like a lot of people do, they make sure they, you know, stack them into the other ones. Nope. Don't even do that. Then we call up the TSA at the airport and say, Hey, I went through your little checkout line, your little scanner globe, your little probe line. I got probed, but I'm missing $20,000. And I went through the line. I threw everything in the box and I must've forgotten that when I picked up my shoes, I forgot to look back in the box and that's where the money was. So when you, they look at the video, they see you just pick up your shoes and walk away. Say, yeah, that's where the 20 grand was. I want my 20 grand. Do you think if you're a TSA guy and you look down in the bottom of the box and there's whatever amount of cash wrapped in the banking bill of, of a hundred dollars or a thousand dollars or whatever the wrap says, you think they're just throwing that into the lost and found box? I don't think so. If they're reporting that $960,000 was turned in, over 900 grand turned in at the airports out of lost and found, uh, how much? That's my question. And it's going to go unanswered. How much money has the TSA agent deep pocketed? Huh? How much? That's what I thought. You can't answer it. 
Download and subscribe to more content at theblaze.com slash podcasts. All right, so I'm scrolling through social media social media over the weekend, and I see a family circus cartoon. Now, I don't know if it's real. I'm guessing it's not, because I went back and looked at some of the classic family circus cartoons, and they're really good, and they're really funny. And they're, you know, the kids and the parents, and they're just really, really funny. And they're spot on with, you know, what to think about things. Just, you know, the kids are in their room being quiet, playing, and the mom comes in. All right, what's all this quiet about? I mean, it's just, it's just right on point. You know, the kids are out in the yard. Mom is looking out the back door. Uh Uh-oh, I think I'm in trouble. Mommy just called me young man. It's just, it's just good stuff, good stuff. And it's all, you know, it's all clean and funny and really, it's really nice. It's, it's really, some of them, you know, made me, made me really smile and, and laugh and just think about, you know, what it takes to come up with it. I mean, it's really funny. The guys, I mean, the family circus has been around since 1960. 1960 incredible now i think i think the sun does the cartoon now because bill keen yeah he died yeah he died in 2011 wow so his son jeff does the does the strip now anyway family circus is really funny and it's you know really family oriented and it's well worth it and it's a you know it does a great job So as I'm scrolling through social media, I see a family circus and it's, you know, the mom and, uh, the kid and the other little kid is laying down on the, on the floor with a mask on his face with crying and screaming marks, you know, on the floor (laughs) and the caption, the caption is. He started with that, you don't have a mask on bullshit, so I social distance his little bitch ass. (laughs) I can't be real, but I sure wish it was. I mean, obviously it's real, but it's not a real family circus. And so, but maybe, maybe, maybe we started doing that. Maybe the son is doing the adult family circus now. Bless his heart. And of course, if it was an actual family circus cartoon, adult. Oh, something cold to drink still. Uh, They'd have to apologize for it in today's world. Anyway, you have to, right? No, come to think of it, you don't have to. But it certainly feels that way. I was reading where a comedian... Randy Rainbow, who, hilarious. I mean, I don't really know of his work. I was reading about him this weekend. He seems okay. He seems funny, you know, whatever. But he's apologized for old tweets that resurfaced online in which he uses racist and transphobic language. You bastard. You bastard. In an interview with The Advocate magazine, he said that the decade-old tweets were made in his maiden quest to be funny. I'm incredibly sorry. 
I would never intentionally do anything to hurt anyone. I learned many years ago, over the last decade, that there are things that you must be sensitive about. There are issues that I was not aware of back then. In 2010, we just weren't anywhere near where we are now. Then why are you apologizing? Why? Stop it. I've never been racist or transphobic. I'm a gay Jew who was brought up in a very open, accepting family. There is not a racist or intolerant bone in my body. When I saw that I have evolved with the times, I mean that my comedy has. I did not need to be taught not to be racist or transphobic because I never was. Rainbow, who of course identifies as gay, is most well known for his parody songs and political spoofs targeting Donald Trump. Of course he is. I mean, that's hilarious. And much of his content comes through his YouTube channel. Of course it does. I'm I'm, I'm telling people that don't know who he is. And he appeared in the episode of RuPaul's Drag Race in 2018. Was nominated for an Emmy Award for Outstanding Short Form Variety Series in 2019 2020. For those of you that don't know. I mean, there's a spreadsheet circulating on Twitter containing over 60 now-deleted tweets from 2010. If you're going through people's now-deleted tweets and people's tweets that haven't been deleted that, that are 10 years old and you want to get people in trouble for it, stop it. Stop it. I won't. I won't. I'm not, I it just won't. So this tweet from April of 2010 why is it okay to call it white noise? Machine. Okay, it says machine. Why is it okay to call it white noise machine? Yet offensive to say that I bought it to drown out all the black noise in my building. <laughs> I'm glad he apologized for that one. That one I don't like. Just told a huge African-American man busting my chops at the post office to shut the hell up. By the time you read this, I'll be dead. <laughs> well, that's, I mean, come on. That could be a huge, any kind of guy. If it was a huge redneck, that'd be fine. Right? Right. Rainbow also retweeted a tweet from rapper Kanye West in which he used the N-word, writing above it, you sound like my grandmother. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. And then... Latinos were referred to as lazy criminals. And one, it was a painful attempt at ironic humor. Thank God I'm not Mexican or all this laziness of mine might elicit some offensive ethnic stereotyping. People can be cruel. <laughs> I, I want, I'm, I'm not laughing. I'm, I'm laughing that he didn't apologize for that sooner because that is uh whew. And then in 2011, this snow is like all the guys I sleep with. Looks all white and pretty now, but by morning, it'll seem more Hispanic and my wallet will be gone. <laughs> I'm not laughing. I'm not laughing. That's not, that's not funny. I mean, even in 2011, that just was not funny. But in today's world, no. I won't hear of it. Just replaced, this is from 2010 again, just replaced the iPhone that was stolen from me on the train last night. And he calls texts to me till now were received by an alleged Mexican. 
<laughs> he should have apologized for that. Bald men with comb overs would be like if Asian guys wore... Oh, no, I'm not even going to say that to you. I mean, that's just horrific. I mean, okay, stop. Stop for just a second. It's just a joke. It doesn't mean... It. Times are tough. Times are tough when we can't even tell jokes. And people just don't, won't laugh. I mean, it's, it's funny. No, what that does is that continues the stereotype. And it's just horrific, and we can't have it. I won't have you smile. I won't have you laugh. I won't have you continue the stereotype as a white person. Now, if they continue the stereotype, and I think you know who they are. If they continue the stereotype, that's okay. Not you, white man. Not you. Not you. I saw the story this weekend about the NBA, right, where, you know, the NBA, the black player is, I'm sorry, the African-American player is hollering at the white player, calling him a white bitch ass. Well, I mean, to me, that's all part of the game. But if the white guy would have said something similar to the black guy, it would have been all blown out of proportion and it would have, it would, he could have never played uh, basketball again the same way because of something that he said, even if he just said it was in the heat of the moment. And, you know, I'm sorry. I just it was in the heat of the moment. I'm in, I'm in the middle of the game and I just, I was, you know, that's what I said. No way. I mean, it's okay for the African-American guy to say that. Not okay for the white guy to say that. And we're, we're in a bad place. We're in a bad place right now. And it needs to be turned around. It needs to be turned around. People just need to realize that. Can't we all just get along? Huh? Can't we all just get along? Please? At least we can try, right? Right? <laughs>